Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the world-famous Pewter Report podcast. I, I don't know if it's world-famous yet, but when we have guests like we have on today, Scott Reynolds, it's getting there, right? I That's mean, right. We're talking about one of the best young offensive linemen. No, no, Scott. We're talking about one of the, just the best offensive linemen in the NFL, regardless of age. Uh, Mr. Tristan Wirfs, number one draft pick from 2020 uh, from the Iowa Hawkeyes. Tristan is our guest today on the show. Got a lot of fun things planned, a lot of good questions from him, and he's eager to be on the show. Uh, but anyway, let's welcome everybody in. Hello, Tristan. How are you? I'm good. How are we doing? Hey, uh, I was thinking, man, I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good, you know, buff guy here. I'm thinking maybe you need to start lifting a few more weights or something, you know, get a little bigger. And you're a little undersized uh, to play in the NFL. No? Maybe a little bit. Hey, I, we'll get into it, man. What was that, a 44-inch seated box jump you did the other day? Yeah, Come no. on. Come on. That's that's just not right. That's just that's ridiculous. I couldn't have done that if 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 it was a twenty two and twenty two. I mean, there's no way I could ever get to forty four, even in my prime. But I'm an old man now, along with my boss Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Uh, the voice is coming back slowly but surely. Yesterday took a little bit of a toll on me, but I, I didn't want to miss this opportunity to talk with Tristan about uh, you know about his rookie season, what he's got in store for twenty twenty one. As as this Buccaneers team looks to repeat. Uh, you know, to, to kind of follow up on what Mark said, Tristan, you become known as a workout warrior on the web, right? Some of your squats, your lifting videos, the box jump videos, jumping out of a pool, all those videos have gone viral. Are you amazed by some of the response that you get on Twitter and Instagram? Yeah, it is kind of crazy because it's just stuff we do, you know, every day, you know, when I'm here at Iowa and everything, you know. I mean, I was excited about the jump the other day because, you know, it's the highest I've ever done. Um but it's just great, like the amount of like, like love and stuff you get on Twitter from yeah. it. Cool. Well, I, I don't know which you use to power your workouts, but uh, here at PeterReport.com, Celsius is is our brand of choice. This is the energy drink that um, that really fuels workouts. It fuels everyday life. I mean, uh, I'm 49 years old. I'm past my prime in terms of workout days. But you know what? Getting out of bed sometimes is a workout, right? And, <laughs> and uh, you know, instead of reaching for coffee, I'm reaching for Celsius and the, the new Tropical Vibe flavor they've got. It's available at 7-Eleven. If you want to find out where you can find Celsius, uh, go to Celsius.com. Click on the store locator. Type in your address. All, all those locations will pop up, whether it's a convenience store, whether it's a grocery store, or a health and fitness center. And um, we we really appreciate our friends at Celsius for powering this uh, this edition of the Peter Report podcast and having you on. I love it all. Hey, Scotty Miller is a, uh, is a, is one of their clients. So I'm sure you yeah. can have cases of it in the locker room this year. So when you see Scotty say, Hey, listen, I need a couple cases of that Celsius. Yeah. He'll definitely hook you up for sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, Scott said he's 49. I know that he sounds like he's 79 right now. I don't know if you know, or he told you he's before the show. Is that a little, little voice issue? And then Tristan, on top of things, knowing he had a voice issue, he goes to Vegas for a week where it's 115 degrees. Probably not the smartest move in the world. I'm sure Coach Gilbert and Coach Harold would uh, would not approve of that, uh, of you going to Vegas if you were having a voice problem. But anyway... We'll talk about that. We'll pick on Scott about that a little bit later. He's going to see what he can do, how long he can hang on the podcast. Now, as we get Celsius, our main title sponsor, 
um, talked about here. Tristan, you are involved in a company. Jeremy Newberry is your agent. Uh, now, is this Jeremy Newberry that played in the NFL for years? Is that the same Jeremy Newberry? Is, yep. How crazy is that to have a guy that was as good as him in the league yeah. actually be your agent? And is that one of the reasons why you ended up choosing him to be your agent? Yeah, it's it's a it's a big reason. Cause when I was when I was meeting with agents and everything, um, he kind of just the way he was talking to me was a little bit different. Like he he came into our meeting and we start doing you know field work, <laughs> through pass sets and everything and steps, um, and it just it just didn't feel like he was you know trying to tell me something. He's just like you know become a better player and uh, he's like, if if you want me to represent you then that's fine too. That's great. Yeah, yeah Jer Jeremy was a great NFL player, and uh, he's been uh, really great to work with as far as getting you scheduled and things like that. And and he mentioned that you have got yourself involved in a business, that so you're an investor in a business. Do you want to talk about that and uh, right off the bat on the show and let people know exactly uh, what it is that you're involved with and, and, and what that product does? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm a new brand ambassador for uh, a CBD wellness company called Life's Leaf. Um, we secured a, a pretty neat partnership um, recently. We have the first organic hemp license in the state of Kentucky. Um, we're able to control the whole process, you know, from farm to our customers' homes uh, to ensure, like, quality and safety. Um, you know, we have our organic CBD oil. Um, it's now on sale at lifesleaf.com. And uh, we've got a lot of exciting new products uh, that are, that are going to be in the market. No. The, uh, the oil and the, and the gummies. Probably a month now, month or month and a half now. Um, and, you know, they, they just help with the little aches and pains, you know, that come with training and everything. And um, there's no THC. It's not THC in it. So it's not like it's not getting you high or anything. Right. Um, you know, it's just the wellness part of it. Um, so, you know, everybody stay tuned. You know, we'll be launching a lot of a lot more products um, next several weeks. And you guys can follow us um, on social media at Life's Leaf CBD. And our website is uh, lifesleaf.com. That's great. Good. Good deal, man. Now, so so here you are as a, as a young rookie, and you're already looking at, at, at maybe life after football to a degree, right? Getting invested, looking at your finances and things like that, and 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 uh, and looking towards the future. Although we hope you play 15 years in the league at least, right? I mean, that's that's your goal at least. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just um, you, know, you always want to like look out, look out for your future and everything. And um, you know, my mom's kind of well. I guess I guess my mom does everything. You know, she. But uh, he's trying to make sure that, you know, we got all, got all of our ducks in a row and everything real helpful as well. Good deal, man. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll make sure to promote that. Let people know after the podcast, again, we'll put it in our social media where they can go and, uh, and learn more about the business that you're involved in with Life's Leaf. Make sure you put the S on there. There's a couple other companies out there I found on the web that are similar. We want to make sure it's the right one. And I've got the actual links. So I'll make sure to put that out on my social media as well. Uh, so people can go and find out more uh, about the product. And and that was, you know, when you hear the CBD thing, you, there's always that wonder, you know, hey, let's not do anything that might uh, make the NFL mad. But but as you mentioned, no THC. So this is a product that anybody can use if you're over the age of 18, I would suspect. But anybody can use. And you mentioned the help with the aches and the pains and the things like that. What are some of the other benefits maybe that, that people have? I've heard it also can have a calming influence, kind of a, a relaxing influence to a degree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the aches and pains, and like we're starting to get into this stuff where it helps neurological 
not not uh, not like neurological setbacks, but like memory in, in elderly people and everything, bringing that back. Um, but the biggest thing that I, I really like is um, is is the oil. Like I take it in the morning when I wake up. You just put two drops of it under your tongue, or like two little droppers full under your tongue, mm-hmm. and uh, and leave it there for a minute. And then you have a drink of water and swish it down. And I do it the same thing before bed. Um, but it's just, and it's not like it. It's not like it like just takes like clears the pain away like it's yeah. just it's really cool because you could be you know you could be super sore after a workout and you're walking down the stairs or something you're like you can feel it and like your legs you know getting all wobbly or something and it's just you do that you know, every day and it's just, it just takes that or like you don't think about it um but it's 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 great stuff i i love it well, well scott now may end up being your first customer i was just gonna say, say does it help with laryngitis at all because i can use it <laughs> It's not going to hurt me, right? I could probably just try it and see, right? Absolutely. All right. Well, I might do that. Definitely. We're going to check that out. So make sure to follow our social media after the podcast. We'll make sure to put that information up so people can get more information. Right. And we got to write down there too, lifesleaf.com, right? That's the website. All right. Excellent. All right. Good to you. I want to ask you just because, you know, you, you love the weight room, right? And, and uh, that, that's, that's been a big reason why you, got the power to play in the NFL and what made you a first round draft pick, but coming in as a rookie, uh, would you say you're the strongest Buccaneer on this team? And, and if you're not, who who is? I don't think so. Um, Sue is Sue is crazy strong. Yeah. Pete is crazy strong. Ali Marpet. He's got, he's got like old man strength. It seems like. (laughs) great, but um, (laughs) everybody, Everybody's really strong, you know, on, yeah. on, on our, especially across the off the defensive line. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't think I, I, I wouldn't say I'm the strongest. Okay, but I mean that's one of your goals, right? I mean, you know, you you're you you want that title eventually, right? I would take that. I would take that title. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah, you, I like you set some records at Iowa. Uh, I saw uh, there was like a 450 pound. Uh, what was that? A deadlift or a clean lift that you did, and you broke that. I think your junior year. I mean, uh, so so weight training has always been something that's been important to you. I even was reading in high school, you were a track and field star, more of the field than the track, right? I mean, you weren't running hundred yard dashes, <laughs> but you won the discus state championship in the discus. I think three years in a row in the shot put, two years in a row. Oh, and by the way, we were a pretty damn good wrestler as well while you were at, in in high school. Yeah. So you've been training a long time. Um, you know, you talk about uh, that box jump. Talk about that a little bit. What what goes into being able to do some of those things? We saw the pool video last year prior to the draft. The new viral video going out there is a 44-inch box jump. How do you get strong enough to do that? And, and is that just a natural athletic thing that you do? Do you train for something like that? Just talk about some of your training regiments and, and some of the workouts that you do to, to be in position to create these type of videos yeah so i think we're always training for stuff like that just be to be explosive um and that's just one of them um all sorts of box jumps, single leg box jump you know lateral medial forward forward and everything um but it's all it you know it all plays it all plays a role and then um i remember when, was that two two days ago now um or just yes i think it was monday i don't know um but uh just doing that, you know, I remember I was with Ben Neiman, Jake Gervas, Nick Neiman, Cole Banwart, like guys that, that guys that all come back and train. Yeah. And uh, um, Ben, Nick and Jake, they like, 
they added those two little little boxes, little tiny boxes on top. Mm-hmm. And I've just been doing the big one. And they're like, "Oh, are you gonna do this?" I was like, "I was like, shoot!" I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> I was like, I'll give it a shot. And then I did it, and I'm like, "I gotta go get my phone." I sent it down. Right. Box. <laughs> like, I was, that's the highest that I've done uh, static box. Tr- Tristan, did you see single leg box jumps? Yeah, not that high though. I don't know. Okay, I'm just saying, like, just the sound of that makes my back hurt. And I'm, you know, <laughs> that's crazy. No, the single leg ones are a lot, are a lot lower. Oh, yeah. Any truth to the Still. rumor that Keith Armstrong is going to put you over center on um, kickoffs? I mean, I'm sorry, on, on field goals and have you just 44-inch vertical leap up and block field goals? I think that might be a good idea for you, Tristan. Yeah. I would, I would like that. That was like my thing. That was like my thing in high school. I blocked a lot of, a lot of high school. Yeah. Yeah, All definitely. Right, well, we'll love that. Let, let's uh, let, let me. I wanted to ask you one thing. Um, well, there's a lot of things that I wanted to ask you. Um, but one of the the big things that I, I think maybe has been overlooked a little bit, or, or because you're an offensive lineman, right? The, there are rookies out there who run the ball, catch a thousand yards, uh, run for a thousand yards, things like that. Offensive line, we talked about it actually yesterday. Scott and I did. We we're talking about you and Paul Gruber and some of the other offensive linemen this team have had. Not really a sexy pick, not really something that stands out every day unless you guys are making a mistake. But um, but in terms of, of your impact and the ability to go out there as a rookie and start 20 football games, not miss a snap, but only give up one sack. I mean, even in your wildest dreams. All right, let's go back a year ago today, right before training camp start. Was this anything in your mind that you even could have foreseen for yourself that you would only give up one sack? I mean, that's just really an amazing stat for a rookie. Yeah, I think if I were to go back a, a year ago today, that's not – I mean, it's just something you don't really think about. Like, I was just – I was just trying to, like, get, get ready to – to play or, or, or just help the team in any, you know, any way I could. Um, but you know, it all, it all turned out all right. Did Tristan, were you ever nervous before any game last season? I mean, you didn't have the benefit of the preseason to get your feet wet. I mean, you're going to get up against Cam Jordan week one. Uh, the first time you literally put on a Buccaneer uniform outside of the photo shoots and stuff, but uh, you seem so calm and cool and collected. Like you, you know, just watching you, like you were already a Pro Bowl veteran. I mean, you shut up Cam Jordan, not just in week one, but all three meetings. I think that that first game was probably the most nervous I, I was um, majority of the year. Mm-hmm. Just like it would be the first time, you know, wearing a Bucks uniform um, and going out there and um, – and, and like you said, going as Cam Jordan, that was – yeah. You know, as a first test, that's that's pretty. Um, you know, so, like yeah. how, how much confidence did you get from that? I mean, you know, when did you realize that you were a dominant right tackle in this league? What game was it? Did you feel like, okay, not only you know do I do I have this, but I can dominate at this level? When when did that occur for you? Oh, geez, I don't know if I was really thinking about that. I mean, oh. Or, or, or maybe a better way of saying it is, when did it, when did you feel really comfortable? Where you're just going out there, just doing your thing, and I think and just keeping guys at bay, and you know, and then dominating. I think comfortable is a, a more a better word, just because I, I I started to trust the things you know that you know Co- that Coach Gilbert was was teaching me, and you know, just learning to you know that it works, and because it's all new stuff that I was doing, you know, compared to what I was doing at Iowa, right. Once I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, this stuff's 
this stuff's doing it. It's getting the job. <laughs> yeah. That, that that's when I started to feel more, you know, trusting the things that I knew that I was I was good at. Yeah. But I I don't know what week it was. Um, I mean, it's like you, you handled Joey Bosa, right? I mean, it's like um, that was week four, right? I mean, it was the Charger game. Yeah. He's a crazy. He's a crazy edge rusher. Like he he comes off the ball <laughs> so low. Yeah. That's nuts. But um, yeah, like like I, I was just trying to. It, it, and when it came down to it, it was like, for me, it was just three simple things. I was like, just have a good stance, good get off, and then throw my outside hand. And that's just kind of what I, I would just replay those three things over and over again in my head, like throughout the game. And because I knew I needed to stick to those yeah, those things, I'd be I'd be all right. Hey, Tristan, I would keep doing that. It worked out pretty good for me. Yeah, you know? yeah <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> keep yeah, keep that. listening to Coach Gilbert. Yes, keep going with that. That, that seemed to work out pretty well. I'm going to guess that, that Khalil Mack was your toughest opponent last year, right? I mean, he was the only guy you gave up sack to, and that's there's no crime in that. He was an all-pro pass rusher, probably Hall of, Hall of Famer, like, you know, sooner rather than later. As fate would have it, Tristan, the Bucks are going to host the Bears this year. How eager are you for that rematch? I'm, ex- I'm excited. Um, hopefully, I just don't get tossed again. <laughs> All right. um, I, I, remember, I remember that game. It was just I was trying to do more, more than those three things. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't like going back and watching that game because I was like, the plays that I got beat on were the ones mm-hmm. I was trying to do all this other stuff. So yeah, you know, if I just stick to stick to what Coach Gilbert's telling me, then things will work out okay. How many times last year after games did some of these future Hall of Famer or Pro Bowl defensive linemen and edge rushers come up to you and say, man, you really surprised me? I would imagine more than once you had a guy like a Joey Bosa maybe or a Khalil Mack uh, seek you out after the game and and tell you, you know, you did a hell of a job. I think you surprised – certainly you surprised us in the media and and maybe not your teammates as much, but, but probably some opposition, right? Yeah, I just had some guys tell me to keep working and to keep getting after it, and you know, I really, I really appreciated that. Um, it, it made me, it made me feel good, and and you know, I think I've said it, said it quite a bit. I was like, yeah, Hayes never in the barn, so you know, yeah. going to keep grinding. You know, who is the second best or most difficult pass rusher you faced after Khalil Mack? Who would you say stacked up number two on that list that gave you the most problems? I think Cam Cam's up there too because he. You don't see a lot of edge rushers like as big as he. Yeah, and it's 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 kind of tough when somebody that big's flying off the edge and, and gives you straight straight bull rush. Yeah, um, he's coming but, for you too this year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like you shut him out not just once or twice, three times. He is gunning for you, man. Oh yeah, and he. I mean, he's a he's so he's so powerful. Um, I remember I was always I was always so sore after those games because it was just it just felt like just like a battle. Yeah, um, but you know he's. He's a great, great edge rusher. Well, while you went three and zero against Cam in in those games, your team went zero and two until that that playoff game. How sweet was that? I mean, we know the Super Bowl was great, right? I mean, that's that's the pinnacle. But but really, you know, finally dethroning the NFC South champions on their turf, the way you guys did in that playoff game that it, that to me, you know, I've covered this team twenty six years. That that to me was was the turning point. Once you guys won that game, I knew you were going to beat the Packers. I knew you were going to beat the Chiefs, but that Saints game was was the hill to climb, was it not? Yeah, I think that was I think that was really really cool for for the whole team, you know, just because it's tough. I mean, getting beat by the same team twice, like, and, and especially like the second game with how that how the second game went, um, right? That was really really big for us, and um, 
like like you said, I think that kind of like kickstarted everything, you know, playoff wise. Um, but yeah, I think that was a really it was a really fun game to be a part of too. Um, just like the energy in the locker room afterwards was was it was cool. Well, how, how do you have confidence though going into that game? I mean, listen, I think a lot of the fans and and certainly most of the media had picked the Saints to win that game based on the fact that they had beat you pretty soundly in the two games before. What was it that gave you guys the confidence to be able to go into the Superdome in that situation and, and be able to beat them? Was it something that Tom Brady said? Was it something that Coach Arian said, Coach Gilbert? I mean, who? What, what was the moment when you guys realized, or, or did you ever not lack that confidence going into that game? Um. Well, I guess I can't. I don't know if I can speak for everybody else, but when like going into a game like that, person like I think the pressure the pressure is not on us. Like when you think about it, yeah. We, twice in the regular season so we're, we're we're just trying to go in there and you know and, and play football have, have fun doing it um so like that's that's what i was kind of that's what i was kind of thinking about um you know a lot of guys said you know tom gave us a speech ba gave us a speech and everything but when it came down to it for me i was like you know the pressure is not on us so we just gotta go out there and and and, ha- and have fun you know we're in the we're trying to go to the we're in the playoffs or something but that's how I thought about it. Scott and I talked about this yesterday. I want I want you to answer this, and I didn't tell you this ahead of time, so I may be wrong or I may be right, but what was the better feeling last year? Ronald Jones running 98 yards for an offensive lineman now. Ronald Jones going 98 yards for a touchdown run or Tom Brady throwing a long touchdown pass to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. What gets an offensive lineman more juiced up? Oh, geez. I think I think both of them are pretty cool, but the Rojo, I've never been a part of something like that, like a run that long. That was crazy. I remember uh, I seen just a clip of something the other day, and I was like laying on the ground. I just like look up and I see I see <laughs> just flying. Um, to be a part of something like that was just unreal. You, we talked a little bit about your two coaches, Coach Gilbert and Coach Godwin. Now, Coach Gilbert again, from our observations, from practices, tends to be more of a hands-on guy at times at practice. Coach Godwin has the responsibility, or Goodwin. Why do I keep saying Godwin? Because I'm thinking of Chris. I'm an idiot. Sorry about that. How many times have you messed that up? Do you ever call him Coach Godwin, or am I the only idiot that does that, Tristan? I call him Goody. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. If I just say Goody, that's I right. can't screw it up. All right. Exactly. So, Coach Goody and Coach Gilbert, talk about the different dynamics they have because he's he's also titled as the run game coordinator, uh, I think assistant head coach as well. Talk about who works with who specifically more during the week, during practices, or in training camp. Just kind of define the two roles that those two guys have for the offensive line, if you don't mind. Yeah, so Coach Gilbert uh, works with the tackles, and Coach Goodwin works with the um, the centers and guards, and that's that's usually – I mean, we'll go, we'll flip like right side, left side, I think like every other day. But when it comes down to like actual, like the main part of individual, then it's Coach Gilbert was with the tackles and, and, and Goody's with the centers and guards. What, what, what do you like about both of their styles? Give me, give me one thing that, that stands out uh, about those guys and, and things that they've done to help you develop and, and to be the player that you were last year as a rookie. Yeah. I mean, Coach Gilbert, it, it was awesome because it was, he wasn't trying to like mess with me too much. Like he, we changed my stance just a little bit and he didn't want it. Cause we didn't have like an off season to, he said, if we would have had an off season, he's like, I would have changed your stance and everything from what it was. Um, 
Okay. Don't change your stance. It no. worked really well. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah, don't don't change work. anything next year. <laughs> don't change anything. Yeah. No. But from what it was in college to, to last year, I just, he was trying to get me to keep my shoulder a little more square and everything. And all I did, I just like, I just crossed my hands over to keep that shoulder kind of um, my right shoulder square. Um, but he was just, he's like, I don't want to mess with you too much. He's like, <laughs> it's a sign um, of a smart coach right there. But, you know, it, it was awesome. Like he was trying to keep stuff simple for me, you know, and, and just get me ready to play as, as fast as, as fast as he could. Um, and it's, it, he'll step in sometimes and like take, you know, when we're doing punch drills or stuff and, and stuff. And, um, and he always, Johnny messed up his shoulder. <laughs> and then, and then Goody, you know, he, Goody's, Goody's awesome. I, I, he, he called, he's called me a few times off season to check. Coach Gilbert has as well. Um, but yeah, I, I love them. I love them both. You know, it wasn't good. Those... Has... Go ahead, Scott. Sorry. I was going to say, it wasn't just those coaches that got you ready, right? For Cam Jordan and the saints in week one, it was uh, some guys on the other side of the ball, right? I mean, you're going up against Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre Paul, you know, I mean, and, and others too, but those, those two guys, those starters, they'll flip flop sides. And you got some work against both of those They're different body types, different builds, different skill sets, both very good at what they do, obviously. Talk about how how they prepared you, how each one gave you a different look. And then which one is gave you the better challenge in, in training camp? Yeah, I mean going going up against those two guys um to start camp was it was something. I mean I remember going I'd go home some days and I I don't know if I'm like cut out for this because Shaq what? first the first like two weeks Shaq was just like working me over. Like I remember I don't know when it was. It had been early on. Yeah he was just throwing these moves at me and I was like, I've never, I was like, I've never see, seen this before. Yeah. I blink and he'd be like running past me and I'd be like, you know, heads up, Tom, Shaq's coming. <laughs> uh, but you know, both those, you know, Shaq and JPP, you know, I, I couldn't have asked for better guys to help me get ready. And Shaq would like, Shaq would like tell me what he saw, you know, if I, if I did something, okay, well, this is why I did, this is why I did this, you know, this yeah. is what from you. Um, so that, that helped me a lot. Um, just getting to go against two two high caliber players like that and JPP, I loved it in one on ones. He, um, I remember one time he said he's like he's coming after me or something before practice started, and you know he did. I remember he gave me a long arm, um, but it was just you know, yeah, I you know it was. I'm super thankful that I got to go against them because they did, yeah, did you know uh, get me ready to go for you know the Ed rushers that I was going to see this year. Um, so it was it was a lot of fun. I want to go back to Coach Goody again real quick. You know, he's a guy that in the past had had some interviews for head coaching jobs. And for whatever reason, he's been passed up. When you look at him, what do you think about him as a future head coach? He told me, I talked to him at the Bruce Arians uh, charity event a while back. He said, you know, it may be past my time. I don't know. He says, I'm, I would love to be a head coach one day, but right now I love doing what I'm doing. But could you foresee this guy as being a head coach? And, and maybe some of those other assistant coaches on the on the, on the the roster uh, coaching roster. Who are some other guys that that you think one day potentially could be and 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 will be a head coach maybe one day? Yeah, I mean, I don't see why Goody wouldn't be a head coach. I mean, he's he's crazy smart. Um, he's just a leader of men, isn't he? I mean, the guy's just got charisma and yeah. energy. Oh yeah, um, Coach Bowles as well. You know, it's just I think we have I think we've got a lot of a lot of a lot on our coaching staff that could be that could be head coaches. You mentioned JPP and, and Shaq. 
some of the other guys, tell us, tell the readers and listeners right now who are out there, who are some guys that aren't maybe big name guys that you went up against it, that you were like, wow, th this guy has potential to be good. I mean, who are some of the younger guys out there that, like the that maybe Bells, at times during practice, okay, yeah, they, Gills, you know, they gave you fits. Those are the two guys I was going to say, Cam and Bell, like those two guys, every single day, you know, throughout the season, those are the guys I was going against, you know, um, give me looks like, they're like two. They're good rushers. Like those two yeah. guys, I love going against them. You know, I think I got pretty close with those two guys. Um, you know, this year I just seen them at Anthony Nelson's wedding a couple weeks ago. But uh, like, I loved going against them uh, during the week because they got me ready to it got me really ready to go on Sundays. Like that, they're a big reason. You know, why I was why I was ready to go on Sundays. They're a huge reason. They can bring the speed, right? I mean, those are some, oh, some guys that just really have got some, some motor and, and get around the corner. You know, and then also too, I'm sure you took some reps against like Will Golston. You know, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, anyway, when you're playing against guys like like Chris Jones, you know, right here in the Super Bowl, it's a big dude, right? Cam Jordan, those are some bigger guys. So I, I think that that a guy like that's long, right? Like Anthony Nelson, a guy that's big and long, like like uh, Will Golston, probably helped you for some of those those other battles that you faced, right? Hundred percent. Like going against Will and Sue. Um, Oh, my sneeze. It's okay. You can do that. Sorry. It's live. Oh, look at that. He's Wait, that was it? No, that's all. <laughs> that was your sneeze? Yeah. I, thought I, I thought I was going to. I thought I was going to. Oh, Tristan Worfs. Okay. No sacks, no sneezes. I mean, that, that's just it right there. That's pretty um, impressive. Going against, yeah, going against like Will and Sue for, you know, because Chris Jones comes out. He came out of the edge a handful of times. Yeah. And and they really, they really, they're, they're pretty, I think him and Will, uh, Chris Jones and Will are, are are really similar. They're both big, big body, yeah. long arms. Um, but yeah, I said you don't know what what you're gonna see. Like who's gonna come out? To, who's gonna come out on the end? And um, but yeah, it's all across the board. I think we got you know guys that are gonna give you different things, like show you different looks, and it's um, yeah. All right, so you got really used to playing next to uh, Alex Kappa, who had a fantastic year. Um, you know, you know what the distinction Alex Kappa has over all you guys in the line room. Aside from the only guy that broke his ankle, right. <laughs> is is that he didn't give up a sack. He was the only offensive lineman that didn't give up a, give up a sack last year. Uh, but the but the thing is though is is you know I'll say you know you're a rookie you're getting used to playing with this guy and he's a young starter himself. You know there's there's Kappa. But the thing is is he breaks his his ankle in in the playoffs against Washington. Now all of a sudden you're a young guy still. You're in the playoffs. You're getting ready to you know, to go to Green Bay and well, actually I guess the Saints first, then Green Bay, and then uh, all the way to uh, the Super Bowl with, with Aaron Stinney. So how much of an adjustment was that for you from a chemistry standpoint? A Aaron certainly proved his worth during that, that playoff run. Yeah, so I think um, a, a big thing was I started – because me, me and Cap communicate so much more with the line of scrimmage, and, and when Stinney came in, like I like, – I'm I'm pretty close with Stinney, so it's like it, it, we didn't really have a problem. But like I just, I started communicating Stinney, or like we were trying to communicate, like me and Cap did. I was like, like I remember I would remember like the the words and stuff that Cap would say to me, and so I was like, it felt cool because it made me realize like oh, it's like oh, I I got all this down and everything because <laughs> we just talked so much, and I was like okay, yeah. gotta do it. And it's just I think just a couple of days of getting getting comfortable with each other, um, and and knowing what we need to talk, like what we need to 
come to the line of scrimmage and say like what we're both what we both need to hear. Yeah. Uh, but after that, I th- I thought we were you know we were just rolling. I don't know if you uh, if you can see the comments that we pop up here. Sandra Beck, she's saying hi from Berlin, Germany. Right now, you got Berlin, Germany in the house saying hi to you. And also, somebody just a minute ago said, even a sneeze is afraid to go up against Tristan Wirfs. That was a pretty right. good one. It was a pretty good one, for, I think, from G Vegas there. Yeah. This is a good question from Long Lost Leisure. Did Tristan break any of Brandon Scherf's records in that Iowa weight room? And uh, you wait until he gets paid next year. Tristan will break them by then. But uh, um, so you're not the strongest guy in the Bucks weight room yet. Right. I mean, that's that's coming, but not there yet. But how about in Iowa? You know, you go back there and you're still improving and getting stronger. So are you a, an Iowa Hawkeye legend in the weight room? Is that safe to say? I did, I did break his I did break Brandon hand clean record. Yep, I'm up on there him. you go. There you go. He had Scherf had Scherf had two records there. He had the squat and the hand clean. I just took the hand clean and then and then Robert Gallery has the bench. You know, I, I saw an interview with you where um, this is again going back to, to Iowa here, right? You won the Super Bowl as a rookie, you know, and, and you've said that your goal is to make the Pro Bowl. I think it was a conference call we had with you, um, and you know, your goal is to to get that Pro Bowl berth, to get the Pro Bowl jersey, and you want to hang it up in Iowa, right? And, and have your name up there too. That that means something to you, doesn't it? Tristan's frozen. He's frozen. Even the internet is scared of Tristan Wirfs right now. You there you me? go. Are you moving? Yeah, we, you clipped out. We, we, we lost you for a second. But, yeah, uh, we didn't get your answer to Scott's question. Did you hear it as far as your goal of having that Pro Bowl jersey hanging up in the Iowa weight room? I think he's frozen again. Yeah, he's frozen again. Oh, yeah. You know – the the internet in Iowa may not be as good as it is here in Tampa, yeah. Scott. I, 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 I don't know if it's his internet or our internet. Can you hear me? Yes. There we go. Yeah, be there. Oh, and he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> he's like doing What's the robot doing? there. Yeah, he'll, he'll he'll join us did, back. Did, did you see that stare, though? It's like he was looking right at the internet, saying, you're not going to get by me. Not today, internet. I'm glad he wasn't looking at me like that. I was afraid yeah. because he was making direct eye contact with me. You know, Scott, I, yeah. last year, um, I remember, and I've, I've admitted this there on the go. podcast. There he is. Are you back, Tristan? Yeah. I was just going to admit something while you weren't on the air. Now that you're on the air, I'm afraid to admit it. But no, I was just going to go for I was it. Gonna, go you know, geez. I, I remember last year before the season started meeting you and you saying, you know, I'm not really a mean guy. You know, I'm kind of a nice guy. And I shook my head saying that doesn't work with the offensive line. Everyone in my mind has to be Ryan Jensen nasty. Well, I'm an idiot again because uh, <laughs> that was proven wrong. You don't have to necessarily be Ryan Jensen, but let's talk about Ryan Jensen as far as being a tone setter. And and would you say that Ryan Jensen is the leader of those five guys on that offensive line, Tristan? Yeah, absolutely. I think you know. I mean, just playing center, I think that kind of designates you the leader. But um, I think Jensen really really embraces that role. Um, and I think I think my role throughout the season was to you know go go get him when he got. Scuffles and everything. Just go <laughs> keep him away from those fifteen-yard penalties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he? Does he try and make you a little meaner? Does he try and get you? Uh, and let me ask you this: We we didn't, you know, training camp was really weird last year, and, and training camps have changed over the years from when Scott and I first started doing this. In training camps, 
you can almost count on a fight a day, right, between an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. Was there a point last year during training camp or at any point where Tristan Wirfs lost his temper and, and wanted to go up against a Will Goldson? Well, not an Indomitian Sue, but maybe a Will Goldson or somebody like that? I don't. I didn't necessarily lose – I don't really lose my temper, but it was against Sue. Um, <laughs> got into this little shocker. But we got into yeah. a little scrap. Um, I think um, he was like testing me a little bit or something. Yeah. Um, but after and, that, and- I, I thought we got. I, th- I thought we were pretty pretty close. After that. I think that kind of like changed our, our relationship a little bit. It was um, kind of expanded it to because he was kind of you know Sue's like the like the big dog. Yeah, and I was just like the like the young pup, and uh, <laughs> but after after that, I, um, our relationship definitely um, was a little bit tighter. You can earn some respect when you don't back down from a guy like Indomitian Sue, right? I mean, you think that was part of it to try and you know push you a little bit and, and, and test you and see you know what kind of what kind of heart you had. I, yeah, I, th- I think that's what I think that's what it was about. But, I mean, I was terrified. I, I was, um, but. <laughs> back I mean, after practice, I, I called all my buddies. I told them I got to fight with Sue. <laughs> he, did, tremendous. he didn't step on your arm or anything, so at least there's that. Um, um, and, and, you know, COVID was bad last year. We understand it was a terrible worldwide pandemic. But if there was the only, if there was anything that good that came out of COVID last year, Tristan, is your, is your wallet. Because I would imagine there wasn't a whole lot of that rookie hazing, and you didn't have to buy the offensive lineman dinner on a regular basis because you guys weren't really allowed to go out and hang out. Is that true? Yeah, um, I just had only I just had to get like snacks for the old line room. Um, I had to get like on away games, like like di- uh, not dinner, but uh, like lunch more before we were leaving. Okay, that's a. That's about it, really. Uh, and then the like the end of the season, like at the very end of the season, after after the Super Bowl, um, like the rookie dinner. Oh, okay. You did have the oh, rookie so, dinner. So they so. didn't get you. They just saved it till the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where'd you guys go? Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me where uh, you went. Um, Council Council Oaks. Yeah. In the, in in the Hard Rock. Yeah. Yeah. What was the bill? What was the tab? Didn't mind me asking. <laughs> can, can we ask that? Offensive lineman can eat. I'm just curious. Yeah. Fifteen, sixteen k. I think $16,000. Wow. That's my salary right now. I just want to let you know that. That's all Scott's paid me <laughs> over 10 years. Is, uh, that's one one year of salary for me. Just kidding. No, it, it wasn't just that. you picking up the tab, right? You had, you had Winfield and you, no, you other guys. I was just the, the rookie O-line dinner. Oh, whoa. I had, so, I had to call my bank because I got like a limit on my card. <laughs> <laughs> it increased your limit. I was like, I gave him two calls. Like, I hope this covers it. <laughs> so you, you you did pay for the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all right. Well, so much for me thinking COVID saved you some money. I no. guess it didn't there. <laughs> oh, exactly. I guess it, it probably it probably catch you from getting taped up to the goalpost like in the old days. Scott and I remember yeah. those days at least. That's so true. yeah. Anyway, yeah. Hey, um, Tristan, I don't know how much you pay attention to postseason accolades. I'm sure you do. I'm sure mom does. Mom's proud of you. But there was an article that came out, and, and actually we have it up on pewterreport.com. John Ledger did it a couple of days ago, where 50 NFL executives, I think it was 50, were um, were were anonymously um, 15. 15, maybe. I don't know. There was a five a somewhere lot. in there. I'm old. Worth, worthwhile. Was yeah. A lot of people, but they polled, um, you know, as far as positions. And, and you were voted by these guys as the eighth best offensive lineman last year. Um, talk about that. Maybe offensive tackle, but talk about that. Did you know that 
Um, did you know that that poll came out and, and just your thoughts in general on that? And, and, and do you want to move up that list? I'm sure you do. Um, I don't know if I, I think I've seen some stuff I got tagged in on Twitter. Um, I, I turn my notifications off on, on Twitter and Instagram. Just, <laughs> uh, when I go on, it'll like, I'll click the little, little bell. Yeah. I think I remember seeing like number eight. I think it was Makai. Back then. six. Something like that. Yeah. So I think, I, I think I've seen something that, um, in a notification. Um, but yeah, I think my family, I think they, we have a big group chat. I think they posted it in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I want to move up to yeah. I'll eventually, eventually, this time, you know, if I keep keep getting better and I keep working on things, hopefully, move up the list. And yeah, that's cool. That's cool. You're talking about being a Pro Bowl right tackle this year, which which I think is going to happen. I mean, I, I you're you're at that level right now. Uh, I think that that's kind of a consensus, uh, you know, belief around the league. If you had to play left tackle in a pinch. Let's say something happened to Donovan, which nothing happens to Donovan because the guy's an Iron Man, right? Yeah. But but if something did happen, where was it? Maybe just a game or two. But you know, you saw Jensen move from center to left guard when Ali was out. Um, if they asked you to play left tackle, you know, for a game or even for an extended period of time, you you did both at Iowa, mostly right tackle, but you played some at left tackle. Could you do that now with with a year under your belt playing in the league? Could you comfortably move to left tackle if you? you needed to yeah if they if they needed me to um i could might need a snap or two to just get comfortable over there i haven't taken a left hand left set in a little while but just um, a snap or two i love if it they, <laughs> if they needed me to yeah i'd, I'd be all right just i had to do that at iowa like our left tackle got hurt uh, mm-hmm. at iowa the first game and then after for like the next like six weeks they'd move me they'd flip me back and forth like in the middle of drives like one play i'd be at right next play i'd be at left yeah um, I mean, it's, it's, a, I think, I think when you do it like that, it gets on, it, it's uncomfortable. Like if you, you know, middle of the game, something happens, you got to bump over. Right. I think it, it can be frustrating and, mm-hmm. and a little uncomfortable, but, um, you, you, you get used to it. It's just only thing that's different is, is the other hands down or, you know, your other, yeah. but, um, it's just, un, it's just uncomfortable for a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of, yeah. Right, well, let's, let, let, let's wrap up with, with this. I yeah. just want to talk to you about, some of your Iowa teammates, guys you played with, you're, you know, you're a first-round draft pick. Um, there are some guys that are 2022 draft picks uh, that, that, are, that are playing their potential last year at Iowa right now, getting ready to. Um, so I want to run a couple names by you, and you kind of give me the thumbnail sketch, the little scouting report on these guys. Uh, let's start with, with a guy you know really well, offensive lineman Tyler Linderbaum. Is, is he a center or a guard at the next level? He's really highly regarded. I think he's a center. I mean, that's what he. I think he's a center. That's just. I mean, I guess I guess he could play. I, I know he can play whatever he can play. He yeah. can draw, but I think um, a lot of teams will see him as a center. Um, Damn good player too. Yeah, he's a great player. You know his his film really speaks for itself to anybody that that watches. You know he's a yeah. dog. Um, you know he's. <laughs> He's crazy. I mean, I, so th- the thing that I love is like I competed against him growing all through, all through when we were little kids, all through high school, football, baseball, wrestling. Oh, really? Everything. Uh-huh. So we we grew up competing against each other, and then got to got to play play with him at Iowa. And you know, I, I know I know what he can do, and um, hopefully, hopefully, a lot of teams see the same thing, and you know, take him fairly high next yeah. coming year or next year, whenever he. Decides. 
next player is a, a guy that you blocked for running back Tyler Goodson. This, this kid can scoot, can he? He's, he's got some, some wheels. He's a little joystick. I mean, he's so there's a play. I hate the play, but it was uh, my last year playing Minnesota. Um, it's, it's probably my least favorite play that we had because I, I hate, I hated having to just drive block like a, like a guy damn their head up on me. And the guy kind of gave me a move and I like, man, I had all my weight leaning forward and I fell damn near right on my face. <laughs> I like I like look I like look back I see yeah. just put you know put a move on him and then he ended up scoring but uh, I went up to him I was like I was like yeah my bad it would have been a lot of <laughs> fall in my face but yeah he's 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 super shifty but he's he's good back then a, a guy that you went up against I'm sure uh, in in practice you know physically looks like Anthony Nelson a little bit right another Iowa Hawkeye that that uh, you know that comes from your school uh, but this guy Zach. Ben Valkenberg, big Val. I mean, oh yeah, yeah. He's a he's a strong, strong kid. He's got an insane motor. I remember in practice, um, his first year when he first came to Iowa. Um, in practice, he was just like, it's like he never got tired. And like our our practices are pretty are pretty tough. And he would just be coming and coming and coming. Um, you know, it's like he never he never quits. And like you, you're, we're all I'm always supposed to like never have like an internal clock. So it's not like you know you kind of like three, four seconds old ball should be out. And then you, then you right. block until like the whistle, like with Valk, you had to, cause he like, he, he wasn't giving up. He's a, he had a really, I think he had a really good year last year too. Um, from the, from the games I saw, um, I think three and a half sacks, you know, in the limited number of games. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, he's a good player. A couple other guys let's finish up with uh wide receiver, Tyrone Tracy, who's kind of a vertical guy. Right. And then cornerback, uh, Matt Hankins, a bit of a ball hawk for you Hawkeyes. Yeah, Tyrone's got Tyrone's got some wheels. I remember there's a couple of plays stand out to me with him. Um, it was Wisconsin, um, my, my last year. I remember him like coming kind of. It was kind of across the middle, maybe on like a post or something. And he caught the ball. We were we were down. I think maybe by two scores late in the game, and he he caught the ball and just took off, kind of went to score to the left left uh, part of the end zone, but just flies. And then another play at Northwestern. He got wrapped. He was he was coming across the middle, and he he got wrapped up. And the dude went to swing him down, and he stayed. I don't know how he stayed on his feet, but it, the guy kind of like slingshotted him, and he just took. He just, <laughs> um, but yeah, great great receiver. Oh, and then Hankins. Can't forget about eight ball. Um, you know, this guy I came in with. He was in my class. Um, you know, gone through a lot lot with him. Um, like you said, he is a ball hawk. He flies around. Good dude. Great player. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for those guys. You know, your your draft class, right? You there's there's now a couple of Minnesota Golden Gophers, right? You got a guy like Will Golston, who is a Michigan State alum, Godwin, and uh, you know, and Donovan Smith. You know, in your own room are, are Penn Staters. Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of Big Ten guys. Is there a lot of trash talk on Saturdays? You know, amongst <laughs> you, you Big Ten guys uh, in the locker room, a little bit or on the flights, letting you know, heading out to. I try and trash talk uh, Sue and Levante because they went to Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got, you, uh, another player too. Like, you can't forget, like, this is my dog, Kyler Schott. You know, that's my boy. Yeah. You can't forget about him. He's he's a little pit bull. Oh, that's that's my dude. Now, we, we've made it, Scott, this is going to shock everybody that's listening out there. We made an entire podcast with a guest, and we didn't even mention Tom Brady. So we're not going to ask you about Tom Brady. Tom well, Scott's Brady. got a question. Oh, yeah, the, the, the quarterback, right? Yeah, the, he's, uh, he's, he's, if Super he keeps Bowl working MVP hard, attack. he might develop into something one day. But uh, <laughs> I do, I, I'm do. i just going to give you some old man advice, Tristan. When he retires, 
the next guy probably isn't going to be quite as good as he is. Yeah, I don't want you right to now. get, you're, you're completely spoiled, spoiled right yeah. now <laughs> to play with a hall of famer. So I'm going to lie and say, we are going to ask you just, just your favorite Tom Brady moment of the, of the 2020 season for you. Oh, geez. Besides hoisting the Lombardi trophy. I mean, that's pretty damn good. That's uh, Scotty Miller of- touchdown in green Bay was kind of cool too. There's, there's been a lot, you know, I just, I think it's for me, you know, coming in and getting to play with a quarterback like Tom, you know, has been, has been really awesome because he's a guy that I grew up watching, you know, my buddy, my buddy growing up was Patriots. He loved, he loved Tom. Um, So now it's really cool to get to play with him and like tell, tell my buddy like what he's like and everything. Uh, But then just like, you know, hearing him like call me big T, you know, it's really just, (laughs) it's just cool, you know? Yeah. And then like celebrating with him after a touchdown all sorts of things. Remember the first time I met him, I went back, sat my sat in my car, and called my mom. I was like, "Mom, I was like, I just met Tom Brady." <laughs> <laughs> but That's it's crazy. So cool getting to be around him, experiencing you know his leadership and, and everything, and um, it's pretty awesome. We, we said I we would you, keep you thirty minutes. We've yeah, kept you forty eight. We're kind of like a Bruce man. a Bruce Arians practice. We're running a little bit long. One I thing thought- I always like. One thing I always like to do, real quick, before we get rid of our guests, is a quick little quiz. This will take literally sixty seconds. Iowa is known for what? Besides producing uh, quality NFL football players, but the state of Iowa is known for what? Corn. Corn. All right. Yeah. Are you? See, can you see my corn? The uh, cornfield. <laughs> oh, look at that! Literally a corn. <laughs> I was going to ask you if you were a corn fan. So, so here's yeah. the question now: Corn. Okay, what's the best? Rank these three. All right, I'm a big corn guy myself. Plain corn on the cob, cream corn. Or Mexican street corn. If Tristan Wirfs going to get his choice of one of those three, which is it going to be? Obviously, you can or, just go out in your backyard right now and get all you want. But of those or, three, what's your favorite? I'm going to throw a fourth in Oakland. How about corn pops? Um, I like or popcorn and cream corn in the cob. That's that's my that's the best. You keep, like a summer, like a hot summer day, corn in the cob, BLTs for dinner. Nice. Just boil them with selection. a little butter in the water. You slather them with butter, of course, right? I mean, he's got to have <laughs> butter and salt. Butter and salt, but. I mean, like you could honestly go out and just pick it off the stalk right there and eat it. Like it'd be, it'd be. <laughs> nice, awesome. nice. Well, listen, man, it's been awesome having you on. You're 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 a, you're a great interview. You're an even better football player. We appreciate you taking a few minutes. Uh, Life's Leaf is the company. Now we're gonna put some stuff up on our on our pewter report in case you miss this or you're not actually viewing this um, and you're just listening to the download later, we're going to make sure to put it out there. Let people know about the company that Tristan is involved in as an ambassador for Life's Leaf, a CBD company, Uh, no THC, nothing like that. Uh, Anybody can do it. If you're over 18, um, Tristan talked about some of the benefits as far as the aches and the pains, the calming influence, the things like that, that it provides. So uh, uh, we're going to make sure to promote that for you as well. Tristan, and, and really want to thank you for uh, for joining us, and uh, and go have another hell of a year. But um, don't don't give up a sack this year, man. Just you know, try and be a little bit better if you don't mind. Okay. <laughs> hey, man. Thanks a lot again, Tristan. Appreciate you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. That was great, man. Yeah. That was that great. Was- you and I are trying to delete him off the screen, and I'm editing yeah. back. But anyway, yeah. uh, man, that, that's great, Tristan. You know, again, we missed out, Scott, because of COVID. Screw you, COVID. I mean, I we talked to Tristan a few times on 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 Zoom over the course of the year, but being yeah. able to interact with these guys, 
it's really hard to get an idea of a personality, but I think what you see is what right. you get with a guy like Tristan Wirth. So Absolutely. Uh, awesome, awesome having him on there. Um, you, so you know what, Mark? Mark, I mean, we, we have covered some of the best offensive linemen in Bucks history, right? I mean, you, yeah. Tony Mayberry, three-time Pro Bowl center, Paul yeah. Gruber, Bucks Ring of Honor, you know, legend, uh, Donald Penn, a two-time Pro Bowler. Gavin um, Joseph. Yeah, Ali Marpet. I mean, Tristan Wirfs, you know, I think we even said it on yesterday's podcast. A lot of times these first round draft picks, um, the the commentators, they say, you know, this is the kind of guy you spend a first round pick on him. Right. You, you start him as a rookie, you leave him there for 10 years. That's Tristan Wirfs, man. Yep. This is this is a buccaneer for life, multi Pro Bowl caliber legend in the making. Yeah. Yeah. Future ring of honor guy man i mean i mean it's, yeah. it's crazy to even say that after one year but i even if he had a little bit that's the crazy thing scott even if he drops off a little bit if he does have a touch of a sophomore slump because look yeah cam jordan is going to be gunning for him khalil mack right. wants to get another sack against him um yeah. you know some of these guys that they're going to face this year some of the cowboys defensive linemen i mean they want to make a step. they know how good tristan yeah. works is they've they see the fact that he started and played every snap in 20 in 20 games last year yeah. and only gave up one sack so he is now as the rest of this team is being a super bowl right. champion they become the hunted now not the hunters so that's right um you know he's he's gonna he's gonna face stuff there may be a touch of a little bit of drop off but even if there is He's right. still one of the best in the league. He's not so going to forget can, all of a sudden yeah. how to play football. If you look at this picture, the reason why he played so well against Cam Jordan and others is there's an invisible force field that Tristan Wirfs summons, <laughs> right? And, and that's From why Cam Jordan. That's why Cam Jordan can't even touch him. You look at this picture. Right, right, right. Touch him. As soon as he tries to touch it, like an electrical zap comes through and and, and, yeah. and beams through. Yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> That's a good point. You and your yeah. comic book movies. I tell you what, Scott, I forgot to tell you, and we forgot to mention this. We should have mentioned this with, with, with Tristan while he was on here. Underdog Fantasy Sports is uh, is one of the new sponsors here on the Pewter Nation podcast, and yes. it's the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. And uh, on Underdog Fantasy, you just have to draft. There's no need to worry about waivers and lineups or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. You can go to underdogfantasy.com or download the uh, app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management, and that's good for guys like you and I, Scott, that stay busy all the time. I've done fantasy football. My biggest problem was remembering to set my lineup on Sunday by noon or whenever it was or Thursday by right. 5 or whatever and screwing it up. With fantasy, I mean, with underdog fantasy, that's not a problem. They're also going to give you $25 when you sign up, so you can just take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's right. You can get a free $25 credit in bonus cash on underdog fantasy if you use the promo code pewter. Don't forget, use the promo code pewter to collect your $25 um, uh, cash app when you make your first deposit. I love Underdog because it's so easy to use. The mobile app is very slick, very easy for the people that aren't very computer savvy like me. The website is also user friendly. Uh, so do what the pewter report people are doing. We're going to have some pewter report leagues this year. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join the league, draft a team. That's it. You're good for the season. Remember underdogfantasy.com, the app store, or go to Google Play Store, sign up for uh, the app and uh, use the code pewter. Get yourself $25 in bonus cash. And again, I'm not joking, Scott. I have played, you and I used to do a lot of the um, the the single day fantasy 
things that yes. are out there, the DraftKings yep. or whatever they were. And uh, I was awful at it. You always were a little bit better than me, but I remember before games we would set our lineups. But but when I did a regular fantasy football schedule, no, not even exaggerating, I don't know how many times I would start a game and I'd have two guys inactive because they weren't, yeah. you know, their team wasn't playing that week. So so yeah. underdog fantasy is perfect for me because you just draft and uh, and they take care of all the other stuff too as well. So make sure yeah. to check them out. Um, before anyway. we go, a couple of uh, Bucks things, news items to mention. Uh, it was really cool today to have Mike Kiffin have his press conference. You know, absolutely over a year in the making because Mike Kiffin, right before COVID, uh, was named as the 14th member of the Bucks Ring of Honor. That's a great distinction. Um, for the longest time, we have been campaigning at Peter Report to get him in the Bucks Ring of Honor. Yeah, there are very few coordinators around the league. He might even be the first. I don't know about other teams. I just covered the Buccaneers, but this guy deserves it. For the longest time, I have told Buccaneer fans, if, you, if you're looking for that that great trivia question, right, um, throw it out and say, which coach is the winningest in Bucks history? Not head coach, but coach. Use that term. And everyone will say, oh, well, it's John Gruden. Nope, it's not. Well, it's, well then it's Tony Dungy. Nope, it's not. John Gruden is the all-time winningest head coach, but Monty Kiffin played for both men. Yes, This is a guy with over 100 victories. No coach has won more games as a Buccaneer than Monty Kiffin. Yeah. And this is the architect of the Tampa 2 defense, a legend that has put three Buccaneers in the Hall of Fame, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, John Lynch, hopefully a fourth, Rondé Barber, maybe a fifth, Simeon Rice from that 2002 Super Bowl team, but Monty Kiffin absolutely deserves this honor. So excited that he's actually going to go in this year, or supposed to go in last year. COVID ruined that, but Monty's going to get his day, and that's that's awfully exciting. People people argue all the time, oh, uh, well, was it you know Tony Dungy's team that won the Super Bowl? It was it John Gruden's team that won the Super Bowl? Scott, it was Monty Kiffin's team that won the Super it was, Bowl. It was Monty Kiffin's defense. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, Couple let's other- just – Answer that argument real quick. Yep. A couple other bit of Bucks news. Heather uh, Marini is one of the Bill Walsh coaching uh, fellows. There's a fellowship, um, you know, program in the NFL that that takes uh, players that are not, I should say, former players or or people. In this case, Heather was the the first female position coach in Division One as the Brown football. Um, quarterbacks coach and she will be coaching so it's not just Lori Locust um uh you know as a positional coach you're going to have uh Heather Marini out there as well and um uh this is from Greg Allman from his Twitter he broke this news earlier uh ex-Bucks receiver Lewis Murphy ex-Steelers lineman Trey Essex ex-Browns receiver Andre King and six-time Pro Bowl defensive lineman Leroy Lever will also be among the Bill Walsh coaching fellows this year, which are, you know, uh, training camp coaches, uh, position yeah. coaches that come out and, and be assistants to the Bucks staff, and they get some hands-on experience. That happened with Lori Locust, where she was working with Joe Cullen in Baltimore, having that type of experience. And then that parlayed her into this opportunity with the Buccaneers, where she was a full-fledged assistant defensive line coach yeah. uh, last year and and, uh, and obviously was part of the book Super Bowl success. And we want to make sure to everybody to uh, tune in tomorrow. It's a late podcast because uh, John Ledger is going to have Stephen Shea. I always called him Chia. He used to get mad at me. 
People <laughs> might not forget, Scott, let's face it. You and I put this guy on the map. We had Did him we? doing film breakdowns a long time ago. Remember, he used to be a contributor to us. Of course. Uh, before yeah. before he was a big map. shot. Uh, we put him on the map. Let's He's just always been a big shot. We, mm. just, we just gave him some love and some fun. Yeah. That's all. Uh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. Steven's going to be on with John tomorrow talking his top 100 NFL players. And uh, John wanted me to remind people about that. And um, I'm trying to that's find John's eight, text here. There was one thing. that, that Yes, that's what I was going to say. Night. Yeah, there is. Yes. Night. Yeah, Thursday night, and uh, there are going to be some Buccaneer players that are on there. There's going to be some that aren't on there. I think John's going right. to take some exception to Steven, so that should be a very spirited yeah. debate. I don't know they're going to go through all 100 players, but they're certainly going to pick and choose, and uh, yeah. that ought to be a well, really good podcast for people to listen to tomorrow night. Steven's I want to really hear good, really good guy. love Steven. Had a chance to meet him at Bucks training camp a couple years ago. You're right. He was a contributor for us. Uh, now with Barstool Sports, with uh, uh, Willie Cologne doing doing their their podcasting uh, thing, but I'll tell you, the thing with Stephen Shea is he's also on Cameo too. So if you're looking for for a great uh, you know pick me up, this guy is he smiles all the time. I mean, this guy's he just loves life. I wish I could be as happy uh, in my normal life. I'm a bit of a curmudgeon, Mark. I think you rubbed off on me in that way. You're like the king curmudgeon, but this guy <laughs> is just full of life and energy, and and I love when he goes. Jippee, you know, for, for Jason Pierre-Paul and Giovanni Bernard. He does it better than me with my laryngitis. But uh, yeah, but, uh, you, you can also book a cameo from Stephen uh, to to send your books, man. So well, I might do that for your birthday next year. I missed it this past that year. Would, that would be great. No, I'm going to come up with something a little better than Stephen uh, J. And I love Stephen. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Probably like Gene Simmons, maybe. Um, I was going to say Davy Jones, cool. Davy Jones and the monkeys, but he's dead now. Cause yeah. I know you're a big monkeys fan. All right. Um, so so um, my wife, Ashley, she, she had a, a big birthday. We're not going to uh, say exactly uh, what year it was, but no, no, do not do that. One. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. But um, okay. 29. She was 29 this year. Again, um, again, again, again. Yes. yes. And uh, I, you know, her favorite Buccaneer player is actually J- Jason Pierre Paul. And I was going to text Jason and say, hey, could you do a birthday shout out? I had, I had a couple of people, Nick Carter, Jason Light, you know, the, uh, this. I actually booked her a cameo with Josh Turner, the country singer, Jeff wow. Scott Soto, another rock singer that we like. And um, but she got to meet Jason at the Bruce Arians event mm-hmm. Had a picture taken. She was like really excited about that. So I was like, I'm going to text Jason to see if he'll do it. But I'm like, you know what? I don't want to like take money out of the guy's pocket. So I went ahead and. And and you know booked cameo. Wow! And uh, oh yeah, he was he was great. He he's he's like Ashley, Mrs. Peter Report. Just want to wish you happy birthday. So JPP was another good cameo. So you and I should start doing those, Scott. You think we would ever get any business on cameos? Probably not. Me not not right now with my voice. Nobody wants to hear this voice. (laughs) We do. I do. When your voice for an hour. When your voice comes back, though, because you do do a really good John Gruden, you do a great Monty Kiffin, yeah. you do a good Tony Dungy. So I think we should sign you up for Cameo when your voice comes back. Okay. Uh, see if we can oh, make man. you some extra bucks on the side there. Anyway, listen, we want to thank everybody for listening. Had a really good amount of people in the chat watching yes. live today. 
and um, this pod will do really Check good numbers. Out. Tristan's a good guy, awesome. and he's already texted me and said, "Man, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Just a super guy." I, when I Scott, this is a funny thing. Before the podcast, we were talking about you know his business venture, and I said, "Do you want to do that uh, before, or or do you want to do it later?" And he said, "You know what? We might as well get it out of the way right out of the gate, kind of like facing Cam Jordan in Week One." Right. <laughs> so that was pretty funny that he said that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, good good guy, man. Can't wait to. Uh, Interact with him in person a lot more this year over at One Buccaneer Place. And, and congratulations to Ashley on her 29th birthday, as long as the last Glazer right. said. I know. You know, Again. I think I went to her 29th birthday party like five years ago, though, Scott, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I can't remember. Anyway. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Thanks, Scott, for hanging out and, uh, and, and forcing your voice to talk a little bit. We want yeah. to thank all the readers and listeners who watched. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow night with a special late edition, Stephen Che with John Ledyard tomorrow night on the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.